Hey, it's Kristen. And before the episode gets started, I just wanted to let you guys know that we really appreciate you listening and hanging in there and being part of our audience for so many years. This month, we had taken a little vacation, so you would notice that we had some repeat episodes. This is the last one for this month and for a while. So thank you for your patience, and we hope that these episodes that we used as reruns serve you well. If you've already heard them, that the information hits you even deeper this time. So without any further ado, here's this week's episode that should have been out last week, but we didn't want you to miss it. So we're putting it out this week. But stay tuned because we will be having another episode coming out at the end of this week, which will be brand new, brand spanking new. So enjoy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast. Actually, I feel like that word that I just use of coming up describes our guest for the show. I have Caitlin V and she is going to teach us, actually you, how to be an amazing lover and tap into your true self about what it is you want sexually so that you can help the women around you, the women you're dating, the women you're seeing, the women you're possibly married to, strangers that you're going to meet on the street, they're going to be absolutely obsessed with you. You're going to help them unleash their most sexual side after listening to this week's episode. So keep listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ask Women podcast, your favorite podcast with your favorite hosts, Kristen Carney and Marnie Kinris. And today we have a wonderful lady who's going to make Marnie and I look bad because she's so wonderful and talks about sex, which... Marnie and I don't do too much. Which neither of us want to talk about. So it's no. perfect. Yeah. So Caitlin V is on. She's a sex and relationship coach. Hey, Caitlin, you make me uncomfortable because you talk about things like that. <laughs> I told her that on the live. I was like, I can't wait for you to come on the podcast and it make was my co-host warm. <laughs> it was warm. Well, we'll see. I'll, I'll be excited to see how uncomfortable that I can get you to. And then how comfortable by the end of our conversation, you actually will end up being. We'll have our pants down by the end. I have a right. feeling. Let's hope so. Actually, I want to give a flashback for two seconds because this was Kristen when we first started our show. We had Ryan, whatever her name was, a porn yeah. star come on to one of our first episodes and she was stuck <laughs> <laughs> smelling her own vagina. No, tasting it. Oh, tasting her own vagina. Mm-hmm. She's like, turned to Kristen. It's like, you never tasted your own vagina? Like it was pizza. No. No, it's weird if someone's never had pizza, not if they've never had their own vagina. God. And I just remember Kristen was like, what the hell have I gotten myself into? (laughs) Cut to now. She's definitely way more comfortable with stuff. than I am. I am. I just haven't tasted it. Did you end up tasting yourself? (laughs) No, no, but I did have more pizza. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I would joke that people end up having less sex around me because I'm such a nerd about it. I'll be like, let's talk about it. What do you want? And yeah. then they end up like not doing it. So we'll see. Like that's not sexy anymore. Exactly. It's too technical. I've been kicked out of a dungeon for making it not cool. What do you I mean? Kicked, I got kicked out of a sex dungeon. I, I got invited. I had to work hard to like get this invitation to this sex dungeon. And I got there and I started talking to people like as I do. And then the dungeon owner comes by and goes, hey, too much talking. This oh. place is about action. Like, you know, if you want me to like tie you up or like whip you or something, like I'm good with that. But like quit starting conversations with people. Or if you're going to do that, like take it into the lobby where the, all the snacks and stuff are. <laughs> and I couldn't stop. And like by the end of the night, it's me and like six other people all gathered around me engaged in like a deep conversation about BDSM while like one woman is getting her ass banked in the corner. And he looks at me and he's like, you got to go. He's like, you're ruining this dungeon. This is not yeah. a good experience. Oh my God, that is so funny. Well, why don't you tell people who you are? I think we've given a, a little bit of a preview, but tell people who you are, what you do, and what gift you bring to the world. So, well, thank you. I'm Kaylin V. I am a sex and relationship coach. I'm a empirical scientist researcher turned sex coach. So I came from this like very hard science world that felt very dry and it was very hard to like have an immediate impact on someone. Like you really can't sit across from someone, tell them something that changes their sex life from the ivory tower. So I left that and started a sex coaching business. And since then have been working in one-on-one and groups and on YouTube, helping people to live a better sex life. And my purpose and what I'm here to do is help people to activate a better life by having better sex. I, I really that. believe that what's happening in the bedroom and like how your sex life is and how you feel sexually, it doesn't matter if you have a partner or what your gender or sexuality is. Like if you feel sexually expressed and you're able to confront the taboos and the demons and the darkness that we feel around sex, then you can take that out into the world and live a better, happier, more powerful life. And the place that I have really carved out a space for myself and developed my expertise is actually working with men which I didn't choose. It kind of chose me when I started the YouTube channel. I worked with everybody, queer people, lesbians, women, like it didn't matter. And and consistently, I kept finding the most success with men who had performance anxiety. And so that is where I have really concentrated my efforts and why I am so excited to be on this podcast with y'all today. Yeah, we're so excited for you to share all of your knowledge. So tell me more about people coming to you with performance anxiety. What exactly does that mean? Is that just being able... We've talked about PE a ton on this show. So it's not just for you guys who are listening, don't like turn this off because it's not what we're just going to focus on. I want to focus on many more things. So when you say performance anxiety, is that overall anxiety about performing sexually, meaning that you stiffen up or you're not able to perform in general, right? Right. Or you don't stiffen up. Or is that literally just talking about a penis not being able to get hard? Or is it everything? Yeah, that's a great question. It is everything. Because men, when they experience performance anxiety, it shows up in one of three ways. Premature ejaculation or PE, erectile dysfunction or not being able to get hard or not consistently hard or delayed ejaculation. So they can't orgasm. Women also experience performance anxiety, right? But our performance anxiety looks very different. Usually it's like an inability to get to orgasm, maybe an inability to get out of your head and into your body. 
maybe it feels like spectatoring, which means that you feel like you're watching yourself have sex. Like, you know, you're thinking about like, well, how does my ass look from this angle? Or does my face look funny if I totally kind of lose myself? What is my O face? Am I making weird noises? Right? Kind of like aware of yourself to a degree that you can't get into your body. But because of the different expectations that we have on male bodies and female bodies, women, when we have performance anxiety, we can just totally like cover it up, right? We just like, oh, it feels great. Uh-huh. And like, it's just, oh, I just need a little bit of lube. No big deal. Like we can kind of make it work. But men, what's expected of them when it comes to sex is that they like be big, hard, in charge, dominant, able to perform on a minute's notice, able to orgasm when they want to and able to go for a second round. And so I have worked with guys that were head of their game CEOs, hedge fund managers, all the way down to like uh, guys that were not those things. Yeah, not those like super high powered jobs. But I've worked with like tech startup founders, venture capitalists. Like there's a lot of guys out there that are super confident in everything else that they do. And then when it comes to getting into bed with a woman, they experience like a crushing level of anxiety. It prevents them from performing. And then that starts like tripping them up in the other areas of their life. Yeah, for sure. It totally does because it's strongly tied or at least perceived to be strongly tied to your masculinity, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you a quick question before I ask for some solutions. What is realistic when it comes to a woman's expectation? Do women really expect men? I know you can't speak for all women, but let's just say for you, what do you expect from a man in the bedroom now that you have these more realistic expectations? Like, What are you really thinking? Actually, and Kristen, you can answer this too. Like, what do you really want out of a bedroom experience? Do you want like a rock star who just throws you around the bedroom? Do you want like something very romantic? What do you want? I think it varies from mood to mood. So also whoever the guy is, if the guy isn't a super masculine guy, I'm not going to expect that experience. If we have more of a lovey-dovey emotional connection, I'm going to expect that. So I think consistency is personally what I'm looking for. But then obviously, if it goes on with the same person for a very long time, consistency can get boring. Mm -hmm. Right. So this may apply to more kind of a hookup or just dating experience versus a long-term experience. Okay. Yeah. What about you, Caitlin? I'd expect authenticity. If you are like a dominant, aggressive lover and you're kind of kinky and like that's what you're bringing into the bedroom, awesome. And if that's not who you are and you're more like a sensitive, energetic lover. I connected with someone recently who was like a very like highly energetically sensitive lover. And the way that we connected and the way that like his arousal worked and even how he got hard and when he got hard was like very much connected to the energy that was happening between us. Not the physicality, not necessarily like the specific move, position, act that was happening. But that required a great deal of like presence. For me, I had to like really be engaged with him in order to make that like a pleasurable arousing experience. But when we were really engaged, we were both really present together. It was like amazingly orgasmic without actually a ton of touch. And then like on the far extreme, you have someone who's very kinky, who's dominant, who's like pulling your hair and holding your hands behind your back. And the level of presence that you're bringing is sort of different. And both encounters are amazing and super pleasurable. And I wouldn't choose one over the other. But I think a lot of the advice that's given to men is like, be dominant, pull her hair, choke her a little bit. And then it leaves these guys doing stuff that's like very inauthentic to them. And then because they're in their head, like, am I doing it right? Is this how I'm supposed to be acting? They're actually not present. 
it's not present, it's not natural. And then that disconnect causes, I think, the least satisfying sexual experiences for us. Yeah. Also, well, how do you make that connection, like how do you get out of your head? And on the reverse side, how do you also help a woman get out of her head? Even if it's somebody that you just started seeing and just started sleeping with, like, how do you do that? I think with anything, it's like 80% intention, 20% actual process, right? So if the intention that you have is to have like a great evening where you're connected and you get to experience pleasure and both of you get to bring pleasure to the other one's body, like I can do that. I can do that with a friend. You know, we can say, let's get together and like, we'll just experience pleasure. Like, let's slow feed each other chocolate and give each other back rubs. Like, that level of That's your girl hangouts are like, that is not my girl. Yeah. <laughs> Those are definitely not Christmas girl hangouts. She's like, oh my God. I got different girls for different kind of hangouts, you know? I like Sometimes it. Sometimes we're doing like full moon ceremonies and masturbating under the moon together. And we can't even find like one friend to watch a movie with. Like, <laughs> I, know, I, was just these say that. I was like, no, we will come watch Netflix with me. <laughs> The Queen's Gambit. That's all I want to watch right now. <laughs> Come over to my house. We don't have to masturbate under the moon. We can start with just chocolate and backgrounds. I take a lot of baths right. with my friends. You do it under a heat lamp for right now. <laughs> <laughs> I had a great patio. God. <laughs> so I think setting the goal to be pleasure and not like orgasm and not like erection and not perfect ejaculation. Like just like setting the goal to be like, hey, let's explore pleasure because that opens up creativity. And when you are allowed to be creative and you're allowed to be authentic, it takes a lot of the pressure off. Like remember the majority of guys under the age of 40 grew up with endless access to porn. Not like your grandpa's hustler or whatever, like hardcore internet pornography that our parents' parents didn't even dream of existing at the two taps on a phone that they constantly had access to. And so we have this idea of like what sex is supposed to look like that's actually very inaccurate. Like, you know, that's like expecting, I don't know, a trip to the zoo to be like Jurassic Park. If that's your expectation, it's not going to live up to... That is my expectation. I was really (laughs) pissed when I went to the LA Zoo. (laughs) Awful There's experience. No, no sense of danger. <laughs> Where right, do exactly. the raptors face us? Where is yeah. the one elephant that is here? It's like, it's been not an enjoyable experience. No, but that makes complete sense. Okay, so let me ask you like an, another question to add on to that. I want to get into helping women explore too or be more comfortable. But many of the guys that I work with, not that they don't know how to be sexual. Actually, maybe they don't even know how to be sexual. But in their minds, they do because they've seen porn or they have other visuals. So they, like in their minds, they see it, but they don't know how to apply that to themselves, either because they have like deep subconscious coding that's mm-hmm. saying, like, don't be sexual, don't treat women like this, like something that's that. That's but how do you go from that space to let's just like eat chocolate off of each other's mm-hmm. What's the baby step? Is it just like, here, lick it off my finger first and then... <laughs> I think it starts with owning your own sexuality. I think we have a lot of buildup around what it means to just be a sexual human being. And a lot of the guys that come to me also have had this experience of like, sex is bad. I'm somehow like coercing women into it. There's no way that women actually enjoy it. And women believe this too. Like sex is not for us. Oh, I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to. Right. Right. I'm not supposed to. I'm just supposed to like put up with it. And of course, that has a long-term negative consequence on the way that we see ourselves sexually. But becoming sexual like with ourselves, and sometimes I talk to guys who have only ever masturbated to like get off, have an orgasm, fall asleep, de-stress, quick anxiety release essentially between meetings. And when I talk to them about what it would mean for them to have like a pleasurable solo sexual experience, their first reaction is sort of like, lady, are you crazy? Pleasure is for other people. 
solo sex is when I just need to like rub one out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we start having this conversation like, well, what would it mean to put 20 minutes aside for yourself to turn off porn and just like get to know what sex feels like in your body? Because to a date, you're showing up to a situation and encounter with a woman and the only experience that you have had of sex is either with yourself or the handful of experiences that you've had with lovers that could have led you in all sorts of different directions. And some of those directions are not helpful for this new woman that's in front of you. Some of the stuff that you picked up from like your ex or she hated sex. And so you're carrying that all with you. And then you don't have a sexual relationship with yourself. And then you're showing up to a date and you're looking at this woman to like somehow unleash your sexuality. And at the same time, expecting of yourself that you know exactly how to be sexual with her and pleasure her body. And then, of course, that, that is a recipe for anxiety if there ever was. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Ridiculous. Okay, so then how do you start with yourself? Like, what would be the first thing that you would recommend to one of your clients for starting with themselves? Like, light a candle, put some soft music on. Like, what is it? That could be it, absolutely, if that's something that appeals to them. But for some people, that's a very sensual thing that may not be where they connect. So the place where I tell people to start with themselves is by scheduling solo time, undisturbed, turning off their electronics and breathing. Honestly, because even just that, When's the last time that any of us did that? Well, that's part of my practice. But even I have to like wrestle myself to be like 20 minutes, no electronics, breathing, go, close the door, tell everybody I'm unavailable for a short period of time. Because sex is something that happens very much in our rest and digest nervous system, like feed and breathe. Like we have to be in a relatively relaxed space in order to really experience heightened sexual pleasure. If you've ever tried to like just eke out an orgasm when you're like already stressed, you can get there, but it's not the kind of like soulful, yummy orgasm that you can have after like 20 minutes. If you're super zen, on vacation, just got out of the hot tub, nowhere to go, nothing to do. Like that orgasm is significantly different than the like, oh my God, I just need to like relax a little bit. Right. Before this interview. Why isn't this working? It's working right. last week. Right. right. Let me just throw on higher vibration, more pressure, more hardcore porn. Let me just like squeeze this out. Right. And it makes sense. This is how we evolve. So the first thing that we've got to do on just like a very basic level is chill the nervous system out. So that because remember, sex is the, the way that we all got here. Every one of us has an unbroken chain of people who were sexual. And for the most part, until we had in vitro fertilization, which is only the last couple of generations, every single human being got here through sex. So you can rest assured that your body knows how to do it. Every single one of us is sexual. Every single one of us knows how to have sex with ourselves and have sex with other people, like all the way back to the beginning of the species. So it's actually more about getting out of our way, getting our mental stuff and our culture and the things that we believed and the negative experiences that we had and the shit that we were told out of the way. And then the body can take care of the rest. Right. So that crosses over to the woman from what I'm hearing that you're saying is like the more the calm that you are, the more calm she will be. But what you can also do is in the beginning of your experience with a woman, you can take your time, you can go slow, you can calm her nervous system. You actually gave a really great tip the other day of hugging somebody for seven seconds. What's that woman with autism who that was her whole thing with the cows? Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin. It's not just for people with autism. It's for for everybody to like Mm -hmm. calm your nervous system down. Mm -hmm. So in some way, you can pass that on to the other woman while also calming yourself down. It's do less, not more. Yeah. So then what would be like a good slow first four steps? And again, I'm like making it technical that people are going to have to be like, ah, I'm not doing this. But just to have an idea of what a great 
calm sexual encounter would look like. And it doesn't matter if it happens to be like slapping people's asses afterwards or having romantic sex. I'm talking about like the higher level mind version Mm -hmm. of what it looks like. So I would say number one is like do your own homework and connect with your own body so that you know what works for you and that you have experience so that when you get into the situation with another person, whether you're male or female, how many women get into a situation with a man where they actually don't know how to have their own orgasm and then they're looking at him like, you figure it out, right? That's not really kind to either one. So number one is do your own homework before you get into bed with another person. Number two would be set expectations according to the experience that you want to have. If this is your first time being intimate with another person, let's not have the expectation of like porn star, thump, 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 thump sex. Let's have an expectation of like a lot of fun, creative, sensual exploration, maybe not penetration, maybe penetration. But like the expectation is just that we're going to have fun creatively and we're going to bring pleasure to each other's bodies, thus taking the pressure off. Step three would then be to, I suppose, figure out the sort of erotic language that suits you both. So I teach a system created by my mentor, Jaya, called the Erotic Blueprints that teaches essentially that there's Jaya. Jaya. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, You know my girl, Jaya? I do from a long time ago. I know her marketing team. She works with the Braddons, right? She has worked with the Braddons. The Braddons, okay. And did something with Alex Altman recently. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. Uh, Yeah, yeah. no, Jaya's a genius. Actually, I'm in her mentorship right after we wrap up. So she teaches that there's five different erotic blueprints. And so we've only ever really been versed in one blueprint. And that's the sexual blueprint. That's like what we think of for the most part, we think of eroticism, like genitals, orgasm, but there's an energetic blueprint. These are people who are turned on by tease and anticipation and space between and not like direct to genital touch, not even touch all the time, like the space in between touches, the closing of the gap between two people's energies, the connection between folks. There's the sensual blueprint. That's the candles. That's the running a bath. That's the long massage. That's the chocolate. That's why like candles and music work for some people, but not for all people. There's nothing wrong with you if they don't work for you. It just means that you're not really in that sensual blueprint. Then we have the sexual blueprint, the kinky blueprint, right? Which is like stuff is taboo. Taboo is what turns you on. Whether that's physical taboo, like actual handcuffs and spanking, or if that's psychological taboo, like, oh, you're such a good girl. Or like, do this to please your daddy. Like that's a psychological kink, right? So we have energetic, sensual, sexual kink. And then we have shapeshifter, which I actually identify with, which is someone who needs a combination. They're not just in any one blueprint. And actually their needs are really big. They actually need to have all of the blueprints in order to truly feel satisfied. So there's five different flavors and you've been maybe just eating one flavor this whole time and expecting that you and your lover and every single lover you'll ever have are gonna be in that, one blueprint, that one flavor, because that's all we've been taught. When you start having this experience of opening up what sex and what eroticism looks like beyond just genitals, orgasm, PIV, like when we begin to kind of soften our gaze and like open our eyes to other options, like licking chocolate off of each other's fingers can become an incredibly erotic, even orgasmic experience, but not if we are only playing with a limited number of options to even express ourselves with them. So do your solo play, set realistic expectations, understand that you have a whole variety of different blueprints to play with and that your blueprint and your partner's blueprint may not be the same. And that's great. That leaves even more opportunity for you to explore. And then I would see number four, I have no idea if this system lined up with what you had in mind, but the system that I've put into place, number four would be 
celebrate the wins and focus on them. Because sex has this unique ability to draw up all of our shame and just like our deepest, darkest stuff, right? Because we were all taught that it's bad, it's dirty, and you want it. And you should only do it with one person who you love. Save it, in fact, with the person who you love the most because it is so wrong, dirty, and sinful that only the person who you've decided to spend your life with and maybe make a family with should be the person that you expose it to. It does a lot for us psychologically. And so after we've had a great sexual encounter, a couple of things can happen. If we are intentional about celebrating and going, you know what really worked then when you did this or that, or we took it really slow, or I really like that extended foreplay was actually like really, really good to realize how much I kind of needed that. Or, you know what I could do even 30 minutes longer of massaging and kissing next time. I think that could be so much fun. When we are thoughtful and we treat it just like anything else, like, you know, if you do a performance review at work, right, that's focused on the things that you're really doing right. When you create a great meal and then you go back and you cook that same meal over and over again and you tweak the amount of salt or how long you cook the meat for, we treat sex as if as soon as it's done, we put it back in the shame box until the next time we're going to pull it out. We actually don't have this sort of like iterative communicative process that allows us to enjoy it even more over time. And I really like to focus on, and I would highly recommend that you almost exclusively focus on what worked, what felt good, what went well, because the more that we cement those things and celebrate those things, the more our nervous system is going to be eager to go back and do it again. I love all of that. All right. I don't even need to comment on that because it was perfection. Everything that you just said. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you're going to share what you shared with me when we did my Facebook Live, your thoughts on giving a great first kiss and the two essentials that are needed, not just for a first kiss, but for most experiences with women. So we will be back in just a minute. I'm sure you guys know this by now, but it's important for me to tell you again. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. You can find reviews and news of every single league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to sign up to join today and make your first sports bet. It's going to be exciting. I can feel it. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. 
This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty, and you'll find out all about it. So now that we're heading out of cuffing season, which is that season where women want the guy to keep them warm at night, so they're a little bit more easygoing or flexible on who they'll date, you're going to need to step up your game. And part of stepping up your game is stepping up your banter game. So many times guys lose out on girls because they don't know how to be fun, witty, engaging, clever, while also being down to earth and creating a real connection. So if you don't want to lose out on the chick because you don't know how to communicate and you're just boring and flat, then take a couple banter sessions with me. I promise you, your dates will go through the roof. Not just because you're throwing them up there because you're so muscular, but the actual number count is going to go up, I promise. So go to kristenandchill.com, scroll down, click banter, and choose your package to get those banter skills in shape where this summer, it's gonna be a lot easier for you to get the girl. And if you email me at kristenandchill.com, I may even send you a discount code so you can get these world-class skills at a discounted price. That's kristenandchill.com. All right, we are back with Caitlin V. And if you want to go check out her YouTube video, she is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to sex and pleasure and fun and adventure. So go to YouTube, check out her channel, Caitlin V, and go watch her there. Caitlin, I want to talk about kissing. I know that that's like a big step from where we just ended up with, but I want to go back to the basics of kissing and a first kiss. How can guys make that first kiss more pleasurable? Because I will say one thing that there have been many guys that I've been very interested in. And then when we kiss, it's like, that's the deciding factor for me. It either melts my heart and make my toes curl, or it can make me think like, oh, and that was it. Not so exciting. And I want guys who are listening to be able to give, you know, that toe curling kiss. So how can they do that? So there are two key components to making an amazing first kiss happen. They're also the two key things to keep in mind to have amazing sex for the first time too. And this is a combination or a balance, I should say, between danger and safety, right? So this is especially true for guys to keep in mind. Remember I said earlier about how sex and pleasure really happen in our rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system, the nervous system that is activated when we're taking nice, slow, deep breaths. That's the nervous system of orgasms. Now, this is true for men and for women. If you want to last longer in bed or have yourself be able to get hard and stay hard, you've got to stay in this nervous system of safety, right? And that nervous system of safety That's also a situation in which like we're so relaxed or if we start kissing from just that place of just like endless safety, it's like it's a little too familiar, right? It's a little too safe. And so the trick is to introduce the right amount of danger and the combination of safety and danger is very, very intoxicating. When someone leans in for that first kiss and it's too safe, it's like, oh, there's no spark there. There's no chemistry. Like what's the sex going to be like? 
Never mind. Well, I've had that before when you're on a date or something and some like they just sort of lean in and make that kiss. And then it's like, I wasn't expecting this. And then it's weird. And now we kiss and yeah, I don't really like, you know, we have to like navigate the post kiss awkwardness. But at the same time, like too much danger is like not cool. I, when that person leans in to kiss and you're like, I don't even know if I'm ready for that. Like now I kind of feel like I might not be able to trust you. Are you going to like pull something else on me? If I go, if we end up in bed together, are you going to like try to stick it in my butt? Like (laughs) without asking, fingers crossed. (laughs) And legs. Actually, I don't want to contradict what you guys are saying, but I had a really good first kiss experience somewhat recently. And it was exactly kind of what you're saying, where it was kind of not expected. And I loved it. It was like, I kind of knew we had a chemistry. We had kind of already established. Like he was like, we're going to make out later anyway, or something like that, kind of jokingly. Well, that's exactly what Caitlin was about to say. Okay, yes. So it was, there was a precedent, I guess, set. But I didn't know when exactly. And so we were in the elevator and we like got in the elevator. And it was really fast. And he just like leaned in and kissed me almost like in this like sneaky way where like the elevator doors just shut. And it was fantastic mm, and awesome. And awful. I wasn't expecting it. But I also, I guess, in the back of my head at some point was expecting it. So maybe right. that's why it worked. I mean, that's, that's a danger and the safety that Caitlin's talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Yeah. So you create safety by saying, hey, we're going to kiss later. Right. You let her know that it is going to happen. And you can even make it like one step safer, which would be like, is it all right if I kiss you later? Or like, would you be into making out with me later? Like, is that a, right? You can get that affirmation. And if you're not sure for whatever reason, like it can be really affirming and really calming to the guy's nervous system or the person who's asking to know that she does want it. Right. How many guys are like, I don't know. I just like psych myself out because I'm not sure if she wants to make out with me. Right. You say like, hey, just so you know, I plan on making out with you later. Would you be into that? She's like, yes. It's hard to say no to. Right. Because right. it's attractive to say that, the command of it. Unless, of course, totally. you're like disgusted by the person. But Right. And then you're giving her a chance to be like, actually, I don't know if I would be into that. But let's right. see where this date goes. Right. And which is good information too. Like you want to know if that's not where she's interested in taking it. Because otherwise you're going to be thinking about taking it there and planning to take it there. And then you're and not being present on the date and it fizzles. Yeah. Or fe- you're just afraid of being rejected. Well, now you don't have to be afraid of being rejected. You already know that she wants to make out with you. And now it's just your opportunity to jump in when the time is right. And that's where the danger comes in. So that guy nailed it. As far as I'm concerned, was there more chemistry after that? Like, yeah. Did that kiss let you know what was to come? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. We had fun. Oh, wonderful. Well, let's talk about like the kind of kiss. So... For you, Kristen, was it him shoving his tongue down your throat? Was it a light, gentle kiss? What do you want or expect from a first kiss? I mean, this is different for every single woman I know, but... Right. Well, again, it kind of goes back to that either authentic or consistent kind of thing. But he had a real kind of fast energy of like, let's go here, let's do this, let's do that. And so it fit with his energy and his vibe. So it was kind of fast and furious in a way. And it almost felt like, whoa, there's something coming at me and I can't stop it. Like it was, <laughs> and then it was fast, but like good. And I don't know, it was like very intense for a short amount of time. Cause it was like, we had like two floors or something to go until the doors opened. So it fit him and it fit the scenario. If it was a guy who wasn't like that and then just all of a sudden was like, boom in my face and kind of forceful, it wouldn't have worked. So again, like a guy who is super slow in terms of just like the way they connect and they're warm and they're more curious about you emotionally, that kiss wouldn't have worked as an opening kiss for 
that kind of guy. So that kind of guy who has more of that emotional connection, who comes in slow and rhythmic, that works and that's hot for that situation. But again, down the road, so it doesn't get boring, you don't have to do that every single time, but that kind of initial meeting or something, that's how to do it, in my opinion. I love it. I absolutely love it. Do you have anything to add, Caitlin? I think that was exactly it. It's the thing that works for you and feels natural and authentic for you is what's going to be best. Yeah. And for the setting. I love that. I absolutely love that. Okay. So we've covered the kiss. We've covered mindset. Are there some other tips that you think are really important for our guys to hear that will make an experience for a woman now that their mind is clear, now that the first kiss is cleared? What are certain tips or skill sets that guys should be working on that can really take a sexual experience with a woman to a whole new level? I know that was a broad question, but... Yeah, I'd say that part of that is like that solo work that you do on your own. I think there's this really important piece about timing and pacing because this is like the Goldilocks, right? Like you can't go too fast or else that safety piece is like thrown out of whack and we no longer feel safe because like things are happening really quickly and I'm not sure that maybe I'm not okay with all the things that are happening like slow down also so much intensity so much like direct stimulation so fast is like how men's sexuality works it's sort of like quick burst of stimulation followed by quick orgasm women's sexuality is like a slow boil and once it's boiling it like can continue to boil for a long time so there's this middle ground where you maintain safety but you maintain danger at the same time and so often what I see guys doing is that they jump right in to like hard, fast, quick, let me just get to it the way that they want it to be done, right? And so one of the pieces of advice that I typically give is like less, not more, slower, not faster. Also, when you are, and let's be real, like we're keeping this, we're still quite under lockdown across the US. One of the ways that people are exploring their sexual connection with other people is through texting and through video sex. And they're not necessarily jumping right into having face-to-face encounters. But when you're texting or you're doing video sex with someone, like if you go from zero to 100, if you first text is like, I'm taking off your panties and the second text is like, I'm inside of you and I have you pressed up against the wall, like you now have essentially squashed what could have been 30 or 40 or 100 text messages of like play and of foreplay and of like creativity. And now it's like, we're already all the way there. It's really hard for us to like move back and then explore kind of like what could be in a really extended encounter. And so the same is true when you're in person. Like think about how you can stop by all of these different places and all these different opportunities for pleasure before you get to whatever you consider to be the main event and before you get to the finish line. I think extending that time out, and that's not always appropriate. Sometimes it's like a quickie in the elevator, in which case you're not going to have that like extended, let's visit over here, let's pop over here, let's do some oral over here, let's go back into the kitchen and get the chocolate back out. Like There's a time and a place for both. And I think finding your unique rhythm and the pace that works for you so that you're keeping things interesting and you're keeping things safe enough that we are able to like comprehend what's happening and be an enthusiastic yes to every step along the way. Okay, wonderful. So what would be some great resources for guys if they're just like completely clueless right now as to what it is that they would like? Like I know for me when I was younger... I read like those forum magazines and I, not forum magazines, those, what are they called? They're erotica. I totally forget what they were called, but I loved the pace of them. I loved, it was just so detailed. Like every single step 
was played out as opposed to like what you just said of I'm taking off your underwear and boom, I'm having sex with you. That's more my style. Most often that's more my style. And that gave me a good idea for pacing for sexuality of what it was that I like because that's what resonated with me. Is that something that you would recommend that guys check out or like what other kinds of resources would be beneficial for them for figuring out their style? I love that you brought that up because totally like men, if you want to understand women's sexuality, go to the things that turn women on and study those. You pick up a like a erotic novel or even just like read an erotic story. I read one awesome like uh, short story erotic fiction. And it's like about the air conditioning repairman coming over to like fix her air conditioning unit in the sweaty summer. And he's like super hot. And at the end, it you find out that that's her husband. Oh, nice. They're role playing. And I think that was so telling about like what women are really interested in because we want the danger of like, this guy's a stranger and he's a repairman. Oh my God. But like, we want the safety of like, also, I know this guy. And I know right. that he's safe. Fix shit. That's good. <laughs> he comes in with his, you know, the whole toolbox and starts. Right. I don't even care. You can just like bang against the side of the air conditioning unit for all right, I it's fine. It's fine. Just show you're making an effort to fix things. Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah, but you'll see in the distinction between how does that happen in porn? Air conditioning guy knocks, panties are already falling off. Like we don't actually even see the toolbox. There's just penetration. And then there's like right. 35 straight minutes of pounding. And then it's over. You read the female version of that, the erotic fiction version of that. It's like 30 pages of like building up and like she offers him a beer and then she's watching his lips touch the beer, right? Like we have very different experiences of eroticism. So if you really want to get an idea of what women are into, go to what women have already signified that they are into. And women watch porn too, but they tend to watch different porn than heterosexual. Heterosexual women are more likely to watch lesbian porn, gay porn, and solo porn both men and women masturbating. My husband uh, makes fun of me because I watch like the safest porn. I don't love watching porn, but when I do watch porn, I watch solo male. Just like, oh, this was one guy on his own. And then I have this feeling like maybe we're like having video sex and he's just like putting on a show for me. My husband looks at me and goes, that is the safest thing I have so ever heard. Yeah. But I, if I watch a guy with like a huge schlong just like pounding away at someone for 30 minutes, like my uterus hurts. Like I well, me too. I watch lesbian porn. That, like that's what I watch. I don't watch anything with a penis. It doesn't turn me on the same way. Real life turns me on, but in porn, yeah, it's too much. Not that I want to admit I've ever even seen porn, but <laughs> when I do see it, like man, woman, it's like she's not enjoying that. I know she's not. She's I know. faking. That's what I think too. I'm like, that's not fun. Right. Like it's dry, she's like, ouch, and he is clueless, and I'm right. not turned on. I'm just gonna focus right. on that. And she practiced for a week to get to the point where she could do that. Like she was stretching last night and not like as if she was gonna run today. Right. So, guys who are listening to this right now, I'm begging you consider the validity of this statement. Like, what you think you know about how women want you to have sex with them is often wrong. It's just if you learned how to have sex from your buddies and from porn and from the locker room and not from women's direct experience and what they reported to you and not from women's erotic fiction and not the kind of porn that women watch, like understand that we have different expectations. We are not expecting you to show up with a 12 inch long and bang our brains out for 30 minutes. Like we don't want that. We actually would be very turned off by that. The average woman desires a penis that is only in research and like real empirical science that is only about like one percentage point over the mean of what is average. Like the average woman desires the average size penis. The average woman does not desire a 
like walloping. Oh no. All I think is pain when I would picture that. It would totally intimidate me. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. Well, there was a porn star myths. I totally forget it. But it was this program that was made like 10 years ago. I promote it all the time because our friend Ryan was in it, number one. But then also they just broke down all the things that are false in porn. And it was these porn stars teach sex. I think that's what it's called. But they were teaching you how to actually have good sex, not have porn star sex. Like one woman got up on the stage and was saying, like, you see this position in the porn that you're watching? I have sciatica. That would kill my back if you actually did that. She goes, but here's what you do instead. And I love that because it was much more realistic and it was taking away from this like complete fabricated fantasy that's been built up about the porn, about people actually, women in general, what they want and broke it down saying like, women don't want this. Here's what's really happening. And here's how to do it instead, which I absolutely loved. So yeah, I love everything that you guys are saying because I think guys need to hear that more and more. I want to finish this up with one final question. Do women want and like sex? Well, I would turn that back on to both of the two of you. Do you think women like and want sex? Yes, I. but I say it all the time. I want to hear <laughs> you, the expert who has, has spoken to lots of women about this. Like, do women, I, I want guys to yeah. hear this, but so many men don't think it's true. Not only do women love sex, but women are genetically created like we evolved to be like sex machines. The way that we tell the story about how men and women do sex today is so backwards from like, if you just look at the biology and if you look at evolutionary biology, like my favorite way of explaining this is why do women make noise during sex? Female copulatory vocalizations exist in almost every single culture, which means that it's not a cultural thing. If every person around the globe does it, it has nothing to do with culture and it has something to do with our biology. So why do women make noise during sex? The reason evolutionary scientists believe is that a woman was being sexually active when we lived in tribes. If a woman was like available for sex, her making noises was a way of letting the other men in the tribe know that there's a woman who is mating so that they would come and mate with her as well. And this makes sense because not every woman is capable of conceiving a child on any given day. We have a window in which we can conceive a baby and that's about it. But every guy is able to create a child every single day. And so when one woman of the tribe is open to mating, we're more horny around the time that we're ovulating. It's a better chance that she will actually become pregnant and pass on her genes if she has sex with multiple men during that brief window in which she's actually mating. And science suggests that that is actually how our ancestors mated, created the opportunity for like the strongest sperm and the best eggs to have the highest chance of getting together and creating a baby. And in those environments, it was not one man is the father of that child, right? There's an idea from tribal societies that you it requires a certain amount of sperm to make a child. Like you have to have like eight or nine men's sperm in order to actually even create a baby. And all of those men are the father. And the idea of who's actually the biological father or the paternity result doesn't emerge until after the agricultural revolution. So every child knew who their mom was and every adult elder male in that tribe was their father. And you know what? We had a very, very different way of passing on. Oh, Kristen has a joke. Kristen has a joke. I can see it on her face. Well, I was just going to say that would have made a crazy Maury episode. <laughs> you're the father and you're the father and you're the father and you're the, the father. That is a perfect spot 
to end yeah, no, our show. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs> <laughs> to end our show, Caitlin, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I know that you have like this amazing coaching program that I think you said it's full for right now. I don't know if you have another one coming yeah. up, but I know you have this amazing program. I took a peek at your application the other day. Thank you for showing it to me. Mm-hmm. But I want you to tell people about how to get in contact with you, how to work with you so that they can unleash this sexual side of themselves that I know that they want. Yeah. And the sexual side of their woman, which does not require yes. a lot more men. I just want to clarify, sometimes I can be kind of triggering. <laughs> uh, you can find me at YouTube by searching Caitlin V or Better Sex Coach. I do have this amazing coaching program. I've just done the second round of it. It's so good. Every guy that's gone through it has just had this like amazing life transformation. And so we are opening it when we're trying to keep it open for all of 2021. That's the goal. So we're going to start basically anytime that you want to apply. If you want to like hop in, you can come and hop in. This is like incredibly important that guys have access to this kind of information. The program is called High Performance Mail. Yes, we do talk about sex. But we also talk about what it means to be a high-performing man in all areas of your life. So if you're interested in applying for that, you can go to bettersexcoach.com and get in touch with me there. Otherwise, you can find me and all my free information on YouTube by searching for Caitlin B. Amazing. And if you want to get better with your bantering, then go check out Kristen at kristenandchill.com. And if you want to get any other information about women, what goes on inside a woman's mind, how we think, feel, and what we desire, go to winggirlmethod.com. New episodes come out of the Ask Women podcast every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Don't be silly. Every time I want to say stupid, but we got shamed for saying stupid. But don't be silly. Please go and subscribe to the show so that you don't have to waste your time downloading episodes. If we got shamed for saying it, that's when you double down and say it more. I know, I know, but that's not how I am. I know, stupid people who say these things. Anyway, go and subscribe to our show if you want to send in questions for us to answer live on the show. And then you will get a response four months later when the show (laughs) (laughs) airs. Then you can send questions to ask at askwomenpodcast.com. Or if you want to send us notes about how wonderful we are, you can also send them there. We will see you guys next week. 